Yo, I'm Augie. Hey, I'm Riz. And you're listening to Press Play with Augie and Riz. This is a weekly podcast where we, two guys who have no desire to go back to high school, talk about movies, music, TV, or anything we think you guys might like to listen to. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram at PressPlayAR. That's at PressPlayAR on Instagram. In episode 51, we review the movie Never Been Kissed. And over at Quick News, we'll talk about Scream 5, American Housewife recast, some not-so-surprising movie pushbacks, and lots more. And after all that, Riz will let you know on what Blu-rays and music albums that are out now. I'll let you know the fact of the week. And in this week's Six Degrees of Separation Connection is Michelle Rodriguez and Lupita Nyong'o. Got it. But first, Quick News. So, the much-anticipated news for Scream 5 that we've all been waiting for has officially been announced. Nev Campbell has confirmed via her Instagram that she's returning to the Scream franchise. Campbell will return as a legendary Sydney Prescott and is joined by returning favorites David Arquette and Courtney Cox. Wow, when you saw that, what did you, we were at work. Yeah, uh, it was, I, I just happened to open Instagram and and Nev Campbell had put like, uh, it, it, it was like a teaser poster, a motion teaser poster saying, welcome back Sydney. I'm like, yes! <laughs> I was jumping up and down because, you know, I was getting a little nervous because mm-hmm. we were, excuse me, because we were kind of announcing each cast member as they were being cast. Basically weekly, the past four or five podcasts. Yeah, and um, they had already announced David Arquette. They announced Courtney Cox like a month later. And I'm like, all right, give it a couple weeks. And Nev Campbell, and it didn't seem to be coming. They started like fleshing out the rest of the cast. They announced the two two actresses. And then I didn't even want to mention uh, Jack Quaid um, because... I felt like it wasn't happening for some reason. I, I started to get a little, little sad. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's happening, and I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to see what they do. I don't want to like speculate too much. I, yeah, I, I yeah. have a good feeling that the the two guys from Ready or Not uh, are going to do a really good job with the franchise. And and Nev Campbell said that they, um, when they approached her, because she she didn't initially want to do it without Wes Craven. Who passed yeah. away uh, a few years ago of, uh, of, of I believe brain, brain cancer. Yes. Um, but they the what they presented to her, they said it was honoring honoring the franchise, honoring mm-hmm. uh, Wes Craven. Uh, she said that they're fans and they they want to keep it keep it what it was. Yeah. Um, and they aren't trying to 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 do anything like crazy or you know. And from snippets that Nev Campbell have. Uh, said in her interviews, it does sound like her and the people behind Ready or Not really sat down and spoke and and really like fleshed it out on what really they want to accomplish in order to have Nev Campbell happy and keep the franchise as uh, original, not original, as as true to. To, true, true to the original. To the original. And it wasn't like this, hey, you want to be on this? Let's do this. Let's revive it. Yeah. So it really, by making Nev Campbell happy, I'm sure you as a Scream fan feel oh, yeah. happy about it as well. It would have been weird to have, uh, you know, the other two come back and not Sydney, you know? Um, so, and like you were just saying, it, it, it 
puts puts me at, at ease that Nev yeah. Campbell is at ease about it, and she feels comfortable returning from what they pitched to her. I suggested to you a while back that maybe they are not going to uh, advertise Nev Campbell and have her come on the come out on in the movie as like a surprise. Uh, yeah, um, and I'm like, that's impossible. But yeah, it's impossible. <laughs> it's about freaking it. impossible these um, days. I'm really happy about it. Uh, we decided that for Halloween we want to rewatch Scream Four as our Halloween marathon. We have Killer Clown from Outer Space. You really want to rewatch that Killer Clown? Yeah. Why not? It's fucking like cringe funny. <laughs> All right. And Bride of Frankenstein, which so is a, a staple movie. in our Halloween marathon, and Scream Four. I guess we can add that to the list as well. Uh, so yeah, uh, basically they, after they announced Nev Campbell, they announced the rest of the cast, uh, mm-hmm. previously announced Melissa Barrera and Jen- Jenna Art- Ortega, um, two Latina actresses were the first non-returning characters or, or actors to be announced, which is, yeah. which is pretty cool. Next was Jake, Jake, excuse me, Jack Quaid, who is Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan's son. Um, Dylan Minnett was announced after Nev Campbell. Uh, he, um, I believe my little niece in New York, uh, would know him from eight simple or 13 reasons why <laughs> eight simple rules for 13 <laughs> reasons why you can't date my teenage daughter, <laughs> 13 reasons why, uh, and, and, uh, lost dorks will know him as Jack's son. Um, Mason Gooding from Love Victor, Kyle Gowner who is a bit, a bit of a scream king. He's been in a bunch of horror movies. He was in the Nightmare on Elm Street um, remake and, and several others. And Veronica Mars. Uh, Jasmine Savoy Brown and Mickey Madsen. And finally, Marley Shelton, which is kind of a first for the franchise. Uh, she will be the first character to be introduced in a sequel to return for another sequel so she wasn't in the original but she was uh introduced in scream 4 as uh i believe her character's name is officer judy hicks i don't remember scream um that's why i want to rewatch it (laughs) Uh, but she she's the very first uh first sequel character to return and i always thought that they should have brought patrick dempsey back who was in scream 3 because he became so popular with Grey's Anatomy that would have been a, a a big get, and he survived Scream Three. So maybe maybe they will bring him back one day. But that they they are basing the new one in Woodsboro as they did Scream Four, um, and I'm 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 excited to see what they do. I read a probable synopsis. So did I, and I don't know if if it's true or not. Where she returns because people in Woodsboro are. Are dying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, filming is going to start the beginning of next year, 2021, and the movie is planned to be released the beginning of 2022. Right. Uh, and like I said in a previous podcast, uh, the first two were released during the, the winter holiday. So Scream 1 and Scream 2 were like late December. Um, and this one's early January, I believe, 2022. So that's fantastic counter counter programming for the holiday season. And the others didn't do that, and they didn't do as well. So uh, fingers crossed. But it, hopefully, it, it goes gangbusters, and we get a number six, a second trilogy, and then I'm okay with them rebooting after that. 
Cool. I'm okay with whatever they do with it. (laughs) Uh, Up next, it was recently announced that several movies have been pushed back, and some say it's either to make sure everyone stays safe, but others think it's to milk every penny they can. The reason why is because Tenet, the Christopher Nolan movie, was released a couple weeks ago, and Warner Brother are keeping coy with box office. The Variety reports that $20 million was made during the Labor Day weekend, and it is a huge financial loss. The movie had a $200 $200 million budget. Uh, 70% of the movie theaters across the U.S. are open, but there are big cities like New York, San Francisco, L.A., Chicago, and Miami that are closed, and that's where they get their big pools those cities still remain closed so with that said these are the numbers or these are the films i'm sorry that have been pushed back you have wonder woman that was uh planned to be released october 2nd is now being uh dropped off on december 25th christmas day dune the movie of with chris uh timothy chamelay Mm -hmm. uh oscar isaac and zendaya was going to be released November 20th, and it is going to be released December 18th. But people say it might be pushed to 2021 to not compete with Wonder Woman 1984. Hmm. Black Widow still has the November 6th spots, but there are rumors that it is going to be delayed probably for the beginning of 2021. And Candyman by director Nia DaCosta, who is announced recently that she is going to direct the Captain Marvel sequel is uh, the movie was originally going to be released October 16th and now it has an early 2021 release date most likely for January. Uh, Nia DaCosta did go out uh, came out on Twitter saying that she is not planning Candyman to be a straight to video on demand that the movie is intended for theatrical experience with that said we gotta always make sure to uh keep socially and uh social distance and hopefully that we can next year won't we won't have to go through all this you know it's hindering us a lot uh it's hindering the the movie industry uh, we recently found out that Robert Pattinson tested positive for COVID-19 just yeah. three days into filming when filming began. And as of now, as of we're recording this podcast, uh, Batman has yet to start ramping up the production. Thor, um, I want to say Natalie Portman has arrived in Australia and she is beginning Uh, filming for Thor Love and Thunder. So hopefully these movies that are out being made uh, take extra care with what happened with uh, Robert Pattinson in his uh, current movie. Uh, Anything you want to add with what's going on? Uh, At this point, I feel like 2020 is canceled, you know, for movies. And and honestly, we're fastly approaching 2021 uh, as well. I don't... Like, the way things are going, I don't see anything opening or any of this actually happening. You know? Uh, Wonder Woman between October 2nd to December 25th. Yeah, right. Let, let's be honest a, right now. A month. A month. It, two two and some change. Two months and some change. It, I don't feel like any of it's going to happen. Um, and it's... And I'm trying not to be frustrated. I know it's the world we live in, but... 
you know, I, I kind of want to see these movies. You know, I'm glad that we got to go to the drive-thru and all, but, you know. The drive-in. The drive-thru is at McDonald's. They should do a drive-thru drive-in. <laughs> Enough said. And not going any further than that. We, you, you let you, whatever you think in your in is in your head is a drive-through <laughs> drive-in. That's what I'm talking about, and and I'm registering it. We'll Go. keep you posted on it. Um, I know that Bond, the James Bond movie, has a November release date. Rumors are that that's also going to be delayed as well. Uh, we don't know. We really don't know what's going to happen if. If COVID is still out there, but we will keep you posted on any changes that may happen in the movie industry. Yep, we will. Um, so speaking of changes, uh, one of my favorite shows, and you you've started to like it as well, because is, of this person, really, is American Housewife. Uh, it's it's super. Not I wouldn't say corny, but it's a super cute show. Yeah, and I really enjoy it. Like big bombshell. Um, but but would we report or um, reveal they're recasting the youngest daughter, uh, Anna Cat, played by Julia Butters, and I'm like, what? And I showed you, you're like, what? <laughs> I freaked out because when when you showed me the show, yes, I thought it was super corny. Um, who's the dad? Uh, Deidre Bader from uh, Drew Rock Carey show and Third Rock from the Sun, right? No? I don't think he was. Oh, I'm thinking about French. Oh, French Stewart. No, uh, no. French Stewart. Deidre Spader was from Drew Carey. Uh, but yeah, uh, I. it's about this regular woman who dates like this super smart, uh, very financially stable professor. And they just start a family and she's trying to live that uh, real housewife American, what, what, desperate housewife life in this all white suburbia type type yeah. atmosphere and she's just some regular chick you know uh but yes it's super freaking corny but hugh the, the cast is fantastic each each character is has is hilarious in their own way but little anna cat kind of stands out with it from the kids yes I, I i i freaking loved her and she was the one that pulled me to continue watching this show with you so yeah, this little girl is being recast, uh, and I I'm like, no, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna have to stop watching. I clicked on the article and it said that uh, it was in quotations the actress's decision, like her agents, her parents, or whatever. Like she's ten years old. Come on. Yeah. Um, she was. I guess she had a role in the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, and I. Her agents and and the people around her believe that uh, she has a movie career, a virgin movie career. So they they spoke to the producers, and the producers and her decided to part ways. How easily that happened? Because you know some actors are under contract, or oh, she was under contract. That's why they had to to get the okay. She was under contract, but sometimes uh, when there's enough pressure. Um, they negotiate and they allow they allow them to go. It's so crazy. I guess I don't know. I mean, I guess they put they decided that she's probably going to uh, be typecast in the show. Maybe I I don't know. Like I I honestly think it's it, it's going to be a mistake because I, let's I let's be so honest. Too. Are there really that many? huge roles for 11 year olds in 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 big movies 
Not really. Unless you know. she has something up her sleeve that we don't know and it has yet to be announced, but... Well, she's, um, um, she's being replaced by uh, Giselle Eisenberg, who any fans of the show Life in Pieces will know as the little daughter in that. Uh, there is a, a, a two-year age difference between the two actresses, so maybe they'll be... Um, Fast forward. So- sourcing, as they, as they call it, soap opera-related rapid aging syndrome. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's what happens on soap operas, you know. They recap, and it happened like it happens all the time on sitcoms. It happened to to little Seaver girl on Growing Pains. You know, she was born one year, the next year she's eight years old. You know, and I do you think they're gonna joke about it like they did in Fresh Prince of Bel Air when DJ Jazzy Jeff saw the new mom and said, "Hey, you look different." Yeah, and that was the only that was the only mention of it. Yeah, Um, I I don't know. I don't know. It it kind of it kind of hurts. They've been on for four seasons, and it's like it it's like a family that you yeah. watched, and you literally watched these kids grow up. They have pictures in the background of the kids when they started to today, and they've like they've shot up, you know, like height and shit like that. Since the the actress wasn't fired, I'm going to continue on uh, and see what they do. I enjoy the show. Uh, I feel like they have a storyline under their sleeves. At least I think they do with the son. Maybe, but feel, let's not talk about that. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, it's less of a kick in the balls when you realize that it was the actor's decision to leave yeah. rather than it was some drama behind stage or some fighting between the other actors. Or and it poor, was... poor Judy Winslow on Family, Family Matters where she just they just fired her. She went upstairs and she never came back down. That sucks. <laughs> but speaking of recasts, uh, one major recast that you actually just mentioned yes. uh, was Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, where they recast the mother, Janet Hubert, with, I forget the actress's name. Um, and I remember, um, you know, there wasn't internet back then, so I didn't know what was going on, but yeah. I, con- I continued watching. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And about maybe a half a season in, I saw, I remember it. Like, clear as day, I was at my grandmother's apartment, like, for the day, and she had, like, a talk show on, Mm -hmm. and Janet Hubert was on it, and she was talking about how she was fired from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and that I started boycotting Fresh Prince. I never watched another episode, because I really liked the original Aunt Viv, and I I couldn't understand why they would do that. And it was... No, go ahead. I was going to go into, like, now that we have internet and we have... Now we know. uh, All this stuff. Janet Huber publicly came out and and said a couple years ago why she was fired. And the reason why was because the show was being really successful, uh, especially at the time for an all-black cast to be hugely uh, successful. So Janet Huber told Will Smith... To have the whole cast ask for a million dollar per episode. And she even referred to the people from Friends. Uh, but that was way before. Yeah. Uh, I think she was mentioning that in that it, video. I don't, I don't think she was. She Like in that video she said, like, remember Friends, they went for a million dollars. I don't think she she wanted to go for a million dollars. This was like in nineteen the early 90s. Nobody had a million dollars until Seinfeld, you know? Yeah. And then uh, Will Smith uh, hit back with, I'm a worry about me. 
and I'm only going to worry about me. And it kind of left a sour note on Janet Hubert, which kind of, I guess, clashed between her and, and Will Smith that eventually uh, ended Janet Hubert as Aunt Viv in the show. But right. a big, huge reveal came out because they haven't spoken since. Right. Uh so there's going to be a Fresh Prince of Bella reunion uh, on HBO Max, just like the, the Friends reunion that, that will happen eventually as well. And Will Smith posted on his Instagram about it, and he showed a picture of the cast, and it was like another picture. You swiped over, and it was him sitting down with Janet Huber laughing. And people were like, oh, my God. Like, apparently he filmed an, an interview or a reunion with her before re reuniting with the rest of the cast. And then he, when he even mentioned it to the rest of the cast, they freaked out that that hmm. happened. Like people were shocked and, and, and I'm like, holy shit. I kind of wish we could have seen her with the rest of the cast as well. Maybe there is a surprise in the actual reunion, but I'm very interested to see. I'm, I'm glad to see that they're burying the hatchet. Um, and of course, I'm rolling uh, my eyes. Why? Because they should have buried the hatchet years ago. Now that they're going, that now that that he's very successful financially, he has like nothing to worry about. And I feel like you know, I don't better, know. Better, better late than never. I guess. I guess. I guess. I freaking say. And unfortunately, uh, of course, James Avery will not. I I I was looking at um, Janet who who. Hubert's or Hubbard's um, Instagram. She was only 34 years old during the first season of French Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and um, James Avery was 47. Hmm. Uh, and, and that type of ageism d I know. hasn't changed because I know. Uh, let's look at Avengers, where Robert Downey Jr. is past 50 and Scarlett Johansson is in her mid 30s. Or Mar yeah. Maria Hill, she's in her mid thirties as well. Or what's what's another female? Well, you have um, Gwyneth Paltrow, who's uh, a little older, but still, you but have. She was in her early thirties when the movie started. But you have Jeremy Reynolds. You have uh, Don Cheadle. You have uh, the guy who plays Hulk. They're all above fifty, and then you have all these thirty thirty year old girls. No, it's true. Like. Uh... I uh, Brie Larson. Brie Larson, yeah. I uh, know it's it's a hundred percent sexism. Like for female actresses, um, once you turn thirty, it gets harder, and once you turn forty, like you know, it's impossible. But that's another thing that we can talk about later on about ageism and the effect of women. I mean, you have your sour notes on behalf of defending Charisma Carpenter Very because much of that. So. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to review and discuss the movie Never Been Kissed. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Jono and I am the world's worst date. Legit. Guys are fleeing from me. So naturally, I made a podcast about the search for my first boyfriend and called it Desperately Seeking. Each episode, I kiki with my friends about my latest date stories, and they let me know where I stuffed it up along the way. I mean, if I want to find Mr. Right, then I need to know what I'm doing wrong, right? Join the fun and laugh at my misfortune. Download Desperately Seeking wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. So, uh, we saw that Never Been Kissed was on Netflix, and we're like, 
let's let's, let's watch, watch it. it. I actually uh, remember seeing this in the theater uh, back in high school, and I and I didn't remember any of it except for the very end, which I think is pretty funny <laughs> uh, to me, anyways. Uh, Never Been Kissed was released April 9th, 1999. It grossed worldwide 800, excuse me, $84.5 million. It was directed by Raja Gosnell, who directed Scooby-Doo 1 and 2 and Big Mama's House. The cast includes Drew Barrymore, David Arquette, Michael Vartan, Molly Shannon, John C. Riley. Uh, Sean Whalen, Gary Marshall, and an unknown guy by the name or unknown. <laughs> I was expecting it to be what's his name, uh, Octavius Octavia Spencer, James Franco, and Oct- Octavia Spencer. No, I, I was that when I was when I started reading the line, oh. I expected it to be James. I forgot James name. Franco was there. There were a lot of people. Mar- Marley Shel- Shelton, who I just who we just mentioned. Uh, is returning for Scream Five. Such was, a great I mean, cast! This movie was also in it, so that's three people from the Scream Scream franchise. Funny, funny powerhouse of this movie. Uh, so a newspaper reporter enrolls in high school as part of a research, uh, as part of research for a story. Uh, okay, not the most uh, <laughs> <laughs> detailed synopsis, so not or you know detailed movie. Like that's exactly what the movie is. Exactly what you're expecting. That's that's what it is. Um, it's, it's a very funny movie. You know, I find my, found myself laughing out loud a lot, uh, in it. Um, it's weird going back and watching, uh, these movies where I don't know how old Drew Barrymore or David Arquette were back then. Uh, but their characters were, I think 25 and 23. Um, and like they, you know, back when you originally saw it, they were so much older than you, and now they're not. Look at how young they are. They look like babies now. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, time marches on. Drew Barrymore plays Josie Geller, a copy editor for the Chicago Sun-Times, uh, where she just, that's where she works. She works with John C. Ryler, Riley, who's her boss, and uh, Molly Shannon is her best friend. And they decided to do a report uh, in order for parents to understand uh, their kids more. So they decided for Josie to go undercover as a high school student. Um, And this is very conflicting for her because, A, she wants to do well because she doesn't want to get fired by her boss, played by Gary Marshall, who plays a real dick. And at the same time, she has some fucking psychological issues because of her own experience in high school. But then she realized, hey, this can be a second chance for for me to be with the popular girls, to be that it girl in school. And this movie is just seasoned with cliche coming of age school uh, school nuances. Like you can you can see Mean Girls in it. You can see she's all that. Which, by the way, they're remaking to he's all that. It's a gender bend. I know. Moving on. <laughs> um, and you, and all these classic teen coming of age uh, movies, uh, you can really sh- see it in this movie. Um, I thought, you know, I, I I thought it was interesting. Like you have flashbacks to to the dorky Josie and in high school, mm-hmm. and she when she starts out 
her second time around as a 25 year old going back to high school she kind of starts hanging out with the nerdy kids and that's you know when her bosses are like no you know this isn't the story yeah um so then she starts to try and be popular and her her brother enrolls for some reason to help her be popular but he has his own personal agenda because he couldn't make it to the big leagues in baseball so he's he kind of Trying again. Trying again. How does this happen? Don't they take birth certificates at, at these enrollment And immunization offices? shots and <laughs> shit like that? Like, who fucking accepts kids just like just like that? That's, like, that's one of those things that you're just supposed to ignore. Like, in the it, just, it just happens, you know? It yeah. just worked out, I so, guess. So, as you say, Josie gravitates back to where, who she, she, she is. Like, the, the nerdy girl, you know, as much as she tries to... Talk to the popular girl, which is by that time is Jessica Alba. Jessica Alba um, and um, Marley Shelton. And Mar- Marley. Okay, now I have that. Okay, now I know who she is. Uh, Marley Shelton. And she tries her best, but she can't. She can't. She can't. And at the same time, uh, she's in like English class and her English teacher kind of like crushes on her, but is conflicted with her like being a high school student, but her being so mature in understanding writing and understanding Shakespeare and grammar. I mean, she's a copy editor for the Chicago Sun-Times, so whatever. So, yeah, like I was saying, um, her brother enrolls and, you know, despite, I mean, in addition to his personal reasons for enrolling, he also tries to help her become popular since she had gravitated to the nerdy kids again. Uh, So he starts starting rumors about how uh, they used to date because he, he became popular instantly and or how, how like just w- random rumors. So she, by proxy, became popular as well. So she started um, hanging out with Jessica Alba and all those people. And she started uh, she got asked to prom by the 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 the. The, the class hunk, I guess. I wouldn't even call him a hunk. I thought I know, he, he was, was just freaking as ugly. Fuck. I don't know. He was ugly as hell. But yeah, she he gets uh, she gets asked by the popular kids, and she kind of leaves the dorky people behind because she joins the math class or the math right, competition with Lily Sobieski, who I love. She's so awesome. She's awesome. Um, and uh, typical Mean Girls, like you can tell. Where they get exactly. this idea, like, or Mean Girls got their idea. Yeah, that, it was yeah. A few years later, yeah. Where Mean Girls get their idea, so she leaves them behind, and she becomes popular, and she starts, uh, sorry, motorcycle. Uh, she starts becoming popular, and at this whole time, she has like this uh, camera on her, her, and like through this whole time, she has like a camera on her shirt constantly because her boss John C. Riley told her to put it on so he can monitor her to make sure that he she doesn't continue being with the nerdy people but by doing that everybody at her office becomes so infatuated with her like coming up into like this uh popularization and being the girl in school that people kind of like emulate and and feel nostalgic by watching yeah, Josie they basically start watching watching it like it's a soap opera with exactly. popcorn and shit they they got into it which I thought which I thought was cute as well um so yeah um so yeah, uh, then they go to prom she goes with the, the quote unquote popular guy I which, guess which by the way they got really upset because 
the other high school had the same theme and people were really pissed. No, they had to switch the theme. Yeah, and then they switched it to romantic yeah, duos couples. or couples. Which was cute. Which uh, I like that, yeah. There's probably like one of those things where you can go back and pause a bunch of things and see like the the couples they, they came up with in the background. Uh, it, it was pretty funny. A lot of <laughs> a lot of extras got some screen time in that scene. But Josie um, goes with this, like, again, quote-unquote popular, popular kid. Guy she movie. goes with Guy, the Guy guy. Um, <laughs> and they are, are crowned uh, prom king and queen. So she's having, you know, this fantastic prom night. Mind you, in the flashback, we learned earlier that she was asked out by the popular kid. Oh, that was so hurtful. In high school. And she was so excited. And she got all dressed up. And when she went to go outside as he was driving up he pops out of the limo roof with his real date and throws fucking eggs at her and she's just so sad she starts crying and she she instead of going back inside she was so embarrassed you know to go back inside and face her parents after that she just like went and hid um so um the her date the popular guy decides to ask lily sobieski who is wearing like a skin tight leotard to prom, which I thought was super inappropriate, but whatever to dance. Uh, and she's like, oh, like she was having her moment, but she was being set up and the mean girls were going to throw dog food at her. So, um, at this point, I believe Josie was dancing with the teacher and she was about to tell him the truth but then she saw what was going on the carry that was about to happen quote unquote carry um and she stopped and she ran over and 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 you know um knocked the dog food out of their hands and it ended up you know hitting the mean girls of course and that's when she turned around she's like i'm a reporter and i'm really 25 years old blah 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 and that created a conflict with the teacher because he had feelings for what he thought was a 17 year old and he felt very guilty about it. And then he found out that the boss was kind of trying or her boss was trying kind of trying to make the story about the, the creepy teacher that, that wants to sleep with the kids. Um, but, um, shoot. Yeah. He's like, I never want to see you again and all this stuff. And she's completely hurt. And, she comes out and she decides to make the article about her experience in school right. instead of the original thing about, you know, what she was there for. Right. Like, the article was her infiltrating as a high school student, what she'd been through, who she met. And in that uh, group of people that she met was her history teacher or english teacher i'm sorry sam and in that letter she's like if you are still like not mad at me i can still wait for you in the diamond baseball uh field which made everyone who read that go to the field and wait with her very um like you're saying the these newer movies got inspiration uh that was very love simon-ish remember yes where he got his pen pal upset um and in the end he said all right i'm sorry i'm so sorry but you know uh meet me on the this uh the ferris wheel at blah 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 blah." and it was very similar to that and 
She's like, I'm going to be there for like 10 minutes and the count, the clock slowly counts down. And this is, this is the only scene that I remember from watching it in the theater. Uh, and it counted down to zero and everyone's like, Oh, Oh no. And she's all looking sad and, and blah, blah, blah. And of course he ran over, he came out of nowhere. He was, and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm late or wait. No, he said, it took me longer than I thought to get here. And she's like, me too. That was my Aww. Drew Barrymore impression. I thought mm. she was here. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how the movie ends. And Molly Shannon hooks up with John C. Riley, and they get together. But cute. The movie is super cute. I liked it. I know you've only seen it in the movie. I think in total I've seen it four or five times uh, throughout my time. And it's one of the movies that I kind of like to watch every now and then. It's a really good classic Simple mathematic rom-com with a great, great cast. Uh, uh, simple. <laughs> you know, the, the, the plot line isn't exactly very huge or unique, but it's 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 very entertaining and it's fun to watch. And there are a lot of really good uh, LOL moments. I laughed a lot. Uh, it's a fun movie. I liked it. Uh, out of one to five? One to five. I'll give it 3.8, I guess. I'm going to give it a 3.9. All right, sweet. Awesome. So what are the movies, or in this case, the Blu-rays and... Video, video VODs, we decided. And, oh, or video on demand, uh, because uh, coronavirus, uh, and music albums that are out today. So new to video on demand, House of Carden uh, is out September 15th, Antebellum is out September 18th, which I want to watch. I know, you're really excited Very to much watch so. It. It's a fantastic cast. It looks awesome. The Nest is out, and Blackbird is out. I guess the Blackbird can go sit in the nest. Ha ha ha! I what you did there. Yeah, you did. Um, new music out this week. Uh, Ten Years has an album called Violent Allies. Uh, new music from A.G. Cook. A new album by Alicia Keys uh, called Alicia uh, Ava Green Gus Gasperton and Gus Gasperton each have a new album out uh, one of my favorite artists Joan Osborne has a new album which uh, you got I already copy. I already got a signed copy in the mail I got it early because I am special mm-hmm. called Trouble and Strife the songs I've heard from it I really like so far um but I haven't actually had a chance to to pop it into the, and convert it to MP3s to listen to the whole thing. I'm looking forward to that. Um, Nicole Kidman's husband, Keith Urban. Oh, I was Urban. about to say, Nicole Kidman. <laughs> let I me go out and get this shit right now. I was just watching his expression. <laughs> My eyes it, like, <laughs> grew. Keith Urban has a new album out, La, La Oreja de Van Gogh. The, uh, Van Gogh's ear. Okay, that's the name of the, the band. Year of they have a new album. Max has a new album. Uh, Mike Shinada has like he's been doing these experimental, excuse me, experimental albums, which are mostly instrumental songs. Uh, and this is the third one, Dropped Frames Volume Three. Uh, Na- Napalm Death has a new album, and Yusuf Islam, aka Cat Stevens, has a new album called T for the Tillerman. And there you, there you go, guys. If anything of those pique your interest, they are available now. 
Uh, do you want to play Six Degrees of Separation Connection? Yes. Top of the show, I said Michelle Rodriguez and the beautiful, well, both of them are beautiful, uh, Lupita Nyong'o. Okay, Michelle Rodriguez uh, starred in the second season of Lost with Evangeline Lilly. Ugh. Evangeline Lilly, of course, was in Avenger, Avengers Endgame with Chadwick Boseman, and Chadwick Boseman was in Black Panther with Lupita Nyong'o. Cool. And our fact of the week, since we are on the Drew Barrymore train, is that the first the first single of SZA's album, Control, or CTRL, was called Drew Barrymore, after the actress. In the song, she asks if she's warm enough outside, or in other words, if she's hot. SZA has described Barrymore, who's not only referenced in the song title, but makes a brief cameo in the music video, as an endless inspiration particularly due to her role in 90s teen rom-com that framed her as a pariah struggling to find a dude, which is never, never been, been kissed. Oh, no kidding. SZA told Vulture that that was her experience. She says, that's my experience. I was hella outcast in school. I was watching that movie and I was like, yes, that's a win for all of us at the end of the movie. Dude. And that's the fact of the week. And you can do whatever you want with it because it is not mine. Let's just give it to Drew Barrymore. She she deserves it all. Oh, she's awesome. And we have reached the end of the show, guys. Thank you for listening and getting your Augie and Riz fix. You guys are awesome. And if you want us to review a movie, check out a new check out new music or whatnot, you can DM us on Instagram at PressPlayAR. That's PressPlayAR on Instagram. Or email us at GoPressPlay2 at gmail.com. This That's has, GoPressPlay, well, the number two, at gmail.com. This has been another awesome episode of Press Play with Augie and Riz. I'm Augie. Hey, I'm Riz. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening.